morning, Georgetown. Um, my name is Matthew. I'm the student minister here at uh, Georgetown. And um, it was cold this morning. Do y'all feel that? Holy cow, when I walked the dog this morning, it was so cold. Um, so we have been talking about evangelism for the last uh, couple weeks. And whenever I hear the topic of evangelism come up, my brain goes back into like a junior high trip that I went to when I was probably in the eighth grade. I've been trying to think about it all day. Like how old was I actually when I, when I went on this? And it was like a one day rally retreat thing that uh, our, our church youth group went to. And uh, it was just one of the oddest experiences uh, to date when it comes to anything youth ministry. And, and I do want to like say, I will never take our youth group on any of these experiences before we begin. Um, and so uh, we, we go and, you know, it's about probably an hour, hour and a half, I don't know, somewhere out in Indiana where there are lots of cornfields and there's random high school right? Like, you know how you're driving all of a sudden, bam, high school, where, where are all the people that go to that? And so, you know, you, you, we go there and we go to the gym and it's like some big assembly, right? There's hundreds of people gathered. And so we're all there gathered together. And I'm like, where did all these people come from? But we go there and we're like, okay, all right, let's see what this is that our youth pastor has taken us to. And, you know, and <clears throat> some evangelist trainer guy comes out and he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you guys how to share the gospel with others, right? And I'm, I'm sure we had some music in there somewhere. I'm sure Michael W. Smith songs were played and it was awesome, right? We felt lifted, right? And so then we like, you know, the guy was like, yes, I'm going to teach you how to do this, right? And he gives us, he probably had some kind of cool acronym or some kind of model or diagram or chart. I don't know. I don't really remember. I was in eighth grade. I wasn't focused on that. So, you know, he came out, did his thing, and then he said, okay, y'all, I'm going to send you out to go and share the good news, right? And so uh, he said, get into groups of like four to five, Makes sense, right? I thought, oh, we're going to do it right now. Okay, cool. And so, you know, he says, get into groups of four to five. We all huddle together, right? And then he's like, and nobody that you know, right? So then we all separate into other groups because we'd all separate into people who we knew, we knew right? So we all get into set people who we don't know. So here's four or five people that I do not know, right? And he's like, okay, now I want you to go ahead and go out those doors with your group and you're going to go share the gospel. And we thought, okay, with whom? There's like nothing around here. And so all of these vans have now appeared. They just so happen to be white. Okay. And so we got in, right? I'm thinking, okay, sure. This is something we sent to. Sure. Okay. We all get in these vans and they go. They're all going the same place. We're like, okay, this is weird. It's starting to get weird. And so I'm starting to get a little, you know, eh, I don't know. There's people around me. It was okay. So, you know, we, we go and you all know where we go? The mall. <laughs> of all places. There's, there's lots of sinners at the mall, apparently, in this town. So we go there to share the gospel with them. I don't even know. So I was like, okay, so you want us to share the gospel with the people at the mall? Okay. So I think we all ate at the food court. 
Um, I had some pretzels, I think, for lunch that day because um, lunch was not provided. So, you know, we, we share the gospel or we're supposed to share the gospel with the people at the mall. And so I remember walking around the mall thinking to myself, this is weird. This is weird. It doesn't feel right in any way, shape, or form. It didn't feel right. It kind of felt forced in a way. Um, and so then uh, we were supposed to meet up at like five because we all wore watches at that time and no cell phones. So we like, we we're supposed to meet at the fountain at five and get back in the vans and go somewhere else, right? It turns out that it was like some kind of venue and we watched a band. Uh, play and it was awesome and then I probably the evangelist asked us how we did today and we all said great because we all had something new that we bought that day on so um and so then we uh we went home at that point I think I found my youth pastor and said okay let's go home and we went home because I hadn't seen him all day long and so again I would never take your kids on a trip like that but as I think about that trip that is what comes to mind when someone says evangelism. That's what comes to my mind as far as like training goes. That was what I experienced. So, and now here's the thing is I'm sure that that evangelist person did great. I'm sure that he had some kind of easy three-part acronym thing and had a way to share the message with someone that you didn't know, right? Anyone heard of some ways that you're like, you know of some ways, right? Like maybe um, uh, Romans Road, right? You're like, okay, start with Romans 3.23, share for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and then go into Romans 5.23, and then go into 6, right? Like, you, 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 like, have a method, right? Or, or maybe you've heard, like, the bridge the gap one, right? You and God, and there's a chasm in between, right? And the, in between this chasm is the cross, right? And Jesus has bridged the gap in between you and this chasm, right? Right? You're supposed to share this with someone else at just the right moment in time that comes upon when, right? Because that's, that's kind of what I felt about with all of these kinds of methods that come along the way. Like, when are we actually supposed to do this part where we share this diagram or share this part of it? And, and my guess would be that if you were to come in contact with an outsider of the faith, right, it might never come into conversation naturally to where you would come to the point that you would then share this method of belief, right? And if it did, you might be like, oh, this is that moment. And now all of those like things in your head start talking, right? The monsters in your head start talking to be like, you can't share the gospel. Who are you, right? Or, or it even kind of says maybe the lies, right? You don't know what evangelism is. You don't, you're not qualified to do this. You don't have all of the answers. There's no way that you can share, right? This, this monster lies start coming into your head and you just kind of stop. Maybe change the subject. Boy, it's a nice day outside. <laughs> it's not cold anymore, right? Um, so, so last week, uh, Chris started us on a series called Monsters. And it's this very idea, these very lies that you start kind of having in your head that begin to try, whenever you try to tell the gospel or try to evangelize, they start talking against you as if you can't do it. And for whatever reason, 
we believe that monster. There's this barrier in between us and speaking the truth. And it's as if it goes around scaring us as well as scaring the person that we're even trying to speak to about Jesus, right? But we have to be able to shine the light under the bed. We have to be able to take the mask off the caper. We have to be able to speak truth into these monstrous lies and in order to kind of do Jesus's great commission when he tells us, hey, go out into all of the nations and share the good news about me. When he tells us to do that, we are called to do that despite Despite all the monstrous lies, despite all the barriers that we can come up with. And so the, the lie that we're going to look at today, the monster lie that we're going to look at today, is that we have to know all of the answers. Right? Anyone feel that way? Like, we have to know all of the answers. Right? I mean, last week we looked at the lies of, you know, we don't know what evangelism is, but we do. It's telling another person about Jesus. Or that we're not, you know, who, like maybe we're not supposed to do it. Or, or whose job is it really to do evangelism? But it's every disciple's job to tell another person about Jesus, right? And so today when we look at we don't have all of the answers, right? We have to kind of think that there's those moments when we're in front of someone and that moment comes along the way when we can tell them about Jesus and we stop and we're like, ah, I don't have all of the answers, so I can't do that. And then all of a sudden our brain starts spiraling down. Does yours do that? Like all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, I can't share the gospel with them. And then if I don't, then no one will. And then they are destined to live a life of loneliness and then they'll die and they're... See, sorry, but again, that's sometimes what we think about when we think about all those things that happen in our head, right? But there's this idea that we are afraid that we won't have all of the answers. It's, it's like in school when that teacher calls on you and you're like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, then you make up something, right? But it's that moment of I don't know that comes into play with this I don't know all the answers, right? We have to take that mask off of the monster and reveal the truth. So we're going to be looking at a passage in Scripture today. We're in Mark 6. So if you would, if you've got your Bible with you, open up to Mark 6. It's in the second gospel right after Matthew. And so Matthew 6, we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, 6. And this is the first time that Jesus sends out the disciples. Um, and a lot of the times when we hear this idea of sending out disciples, we, th we jump in ahead to the end after ascension, and we're like, okay, that's when Jesus sends them out with the Great Commission. But there's another time before that Jesus sends them out. So if you would, Mark 6, 6, and it says this, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village calling the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. 
Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So a couple things that I want to point out in this passage, right? So note, this is Mark 6. This is early in his ministry. There's not a ton that has happened yet, right? Like Jesus calls his disciples, right? And, and it would have been normal for a rabbi to say, hey, uh, come follow me. That was the, the, the cue words, right? Come follow me. And they would have dropped everything and followed him, right? And that, that would have been their rabbi. They would have learned from him and teaching. So this is really early in the ministry, right? Or really early in Jesus' ministry that he's sending them out to, to talk to others about him. This is really early, right? And a couple of things have happened, not a ton. Uh, if we look at Matthew's gospel, more than likely the Sermon on the Mount has happened, right? And so they've heard Jesus look at scripture and talk about scripture. We, uh, we could probably say that we've, he, they've seen him cast out demons, they have seen some miracles, and they've heard some parables, right? That's what these disciples have heard. Now, notice, Peter's confession of the Christ has not happened. Transfiguration has not happened. So those, those moments where we're like, oh, he's the Messiah, those moments have not happened yet. Right now, they have heard what this rabbi has done. They've seen what this rabbi has done. And so they are then called by their rabbi to then go and share everything that they have been taught so far. Notice I say taught so far. And then sent out and what they have seen so far and heard so far. And then go out and tell others. Right? Notice also they're sent out in pairs. Right? It said, uh, it sent them out two by two, right? They're sent with a buddy, right? How cool is that, right? Whoever told you that evangelism is like for you alone to do is crazy because that's not what the Bible says, right? That might be one of those monster lies that you have to do this alone, right? That's not true, right? He sent out, he sent out two by two, right? They have a buddy in place that they can go to and share the gospel and stay with as they go from place to place sharing the awesome stuff that Jesus has done so far, right? So they have a buddy with them, right? Notice his instructions, right? It says, don't take anything with you. Don't take anything with you, right? No bag, no nothing, right? Or we could even say uh, no chart, no diagram, Nothing like that, like a way to share the gospel. He doesn't say, hey, take those things with you. Or be like, hey, pack up some of those Torah scrolls when you go with you so you have something with you to share the gospel with. That's not what he says, right? He says to take nothing with you. It makes you really want to dive into your Bible so that if you do get asked a question, right, that you have them written on your heart so that you know them, right? Right? Notice, notice what he tells them to say, Right? He says, and it really just kind of says, they went out and preached that people should repent. That's what he says. It's not like a three-part 
message. It's not a method. It's not a way. He just tells them that they should repent. Matthew, when he recalls it and and sends out the disciples, he says to them, he says to say, uh, the kingdom of heaven is near. Right? So, so like, we, we get this message is simple. Repent of your sins. Repent of your sins and turn to a different way, right? To turn towards Jesus, right? So uh, it's simple. It's important that we note just how simple Jesus' message and instructions are here. It wasn't a diagram. It wasn't a chart. It wasn't anything. It was just simply, what is it that you have seen Jesus say? And what is it that you've seen him do? That was it. That was their testimony at that point. Okay, what is it that Jesus has done for them What have they seen? What amazing things have they seen? And what have they heard? Right? What is it that they've heard Jesus say? And and how does that then go into their testimony? That's what they had to go by. Right? It wasn't some method. It wasn't something like that. It was just simply what they had seen and what they had heard. That's it. That's what they used in order to share the gospel with the people around them, right? Did they have to go to like evangelistic training? No, not at all. Did they have to be like equipped in some way? No. Did they have to figure out the answer to every single question that might come up in, in, in their, in their, in their uh, speaking to the, another person? No, right? Did they have to have theological answers to something, right? Or apologetics. We got to study apologetics just in case they ask me this question. No, none of that, right? They just had what they had seen and what they had heard, right? Like, and guys, we can do that, right? We can share what we have seen Jesus do. And we can share the words of Jesus that we have encountered, right? It doesn't need to be more than that, right? This monster that's going around trying to scare us and try to tell us that we have to have something figured out by now or we have to have something like really like all of the answers figured out. We, we have to kind of take that monster and say that's not true. That is a lie. We unmask it and look at the truth. Look at the truth that we have in Scripture and go into Scripture and say, okay, we can write some things on our heart and use Scripture to speak into someone else's life. It may come up in conversation. It may not. It may just be our life that they look at and say, I want to live my life like that and be just a little different than the others around me. Right? The truth is that we can look to the scripture, right? And you might even have some scripture already written on your heart that you can share, right? I'm sure many of us in this room know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? John 3.16. Or you may have memorized Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Like you may have these things already in your like tool belt ready to go in case someone were to ask you why you believe the way that you believe, right? We use his word to reveal truths about Jesus. We use his word to show others about him, right? And then another truth that goes along with this same lie, right, that, that we can reveal is that we don't really need to know all of the answers. We just have to know that we have the answer that works for our life. We still have questions that need answers too, right? We're still questioning a lot of things too, but we know who to go to to get those answers. That's been revealed to us through the truths in Scripture. 
Let our lives be the testimony. Let, let the difference that he has made in us be the answer that we are looking for. Let our lives be the answer. So let, let's just play this out for a second. This, this monster, if you will, right? So say we have a, a outsider of the faith in front of us. And, and say that, that they ask us one of those super hard questions, right? Like that we're scared of, that they're asking, and that we're like, oh, I don't have all the answers, right? And they ask us one of these questions, right? And, and we kind of stand there, and we're like, oh, what do I say? And, and you're, you're looking at them, they're looking at you, and you're like, oh, I don't have all the answers. And you're, you're looking at this situation as like, oh, man, it's going to be bad. Whatever I say is going to be bad. But well, let, me, let me counter this with, with a teacher answer, okay? What if instead of simply trying to come up with some kind of answer, ah, uh, Jesus, um, instead of trying to come up with an answer, why not just say you don't know? I mean, what if we were to kind of say when someone says, I, I, I want to know the answer, that you just simply say, I don't know either. <gasps> but what if we went on a research journey together and found it out together, right? How cool would that be? Like, think about that. Someone asks you a question that you're like, I don't have all the answers. And you're like, what do I do? What if you were to just say, I have that same question. And I still believe. And I'd like to know the answer to that. And you go on this, this journey with them. They will become closer to you, you will become closer to them, and boom, you'll both become closer to God because you are researching and meditating on scriptures together. You might lead them into that because of their question. So this, this idea, this lie that we have to have all of the answers, when we unmask it, if we really just simply say that person has looked to us is trying to find the answer. They've looked at our lives and we're looking to scripture and we're looking to our own testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives. Then all of a sudden we've led them to Christ in a completely different way. Not with a bridge the gap method, not with anything at all. We have led them to Christ with our own lives, with something completely different. You know, it's interesting, too, in Matthew's account of when he sends them out, he says to the 12, says to not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. You know, it's interesting. We go back to that mall situation. And that, that day, I, I honestly, looking back, I probably should have been nervous. I probably should have taken those moments and been like, oh, I'm a little scared to go and share the gospel. I probably should have been more scared about the white vans that took us there and took us to our next place. But I won't go there about how much I trusted. All right, but I should have been more nervous to share the gospel. But it wasn't because I just said I'm not going to. And I let that go. And, and I, I probably... Shouldn't have looked at it as a forced situation and, oh, I have to share the gospel. I should have just simply looked at it as an opportunity to say, I, just, I can speak to Jesus with people. I can do just simply that. 
we're all supposed to just simply talk about Jesus. As, as I walked around the mall that day, instead of thinking, I'm not going to go talk to that person. I'm not going to go do that. Instead of that, I could have said, I could be praying for them. I could almost go on a prayer walk through the mall, right? Challenge to go on a prayer walk in the mall. But I could have just simply prayed for each person that I encountered and prayed for them. Or when I selfishly bought something at a store, I could have talked to the cash register about Jesus and said, man, this is, this is a fun place. I've never been here. There's, there's your cue, right? I've never been here. Oh, uh, we're here for a youth rally in whatever high school it was. It's a simple conversation starter, right? And then you know right away, they're going to say, oh, praise the Lord. They're going to say, oh, you know, it's, it's a really good opportunity to just say who you are and what you're doing, right? I'll tell you this. Do you guys know the cash register person that you go to most frequently at JC or Kroger? Do you know their name? It's a challenge, right? Her name is Skylar. I see her every Sunday because there's always something that I've forgotten to get throughout the week for youth on Sunday night that I need to go to JC. So, I go to JC almost weekly, and so I go down this lane, Skylar's lane, because uh, Christian, one of the guys who've been coming to, to youth sometimes, he's the, usually the bagger in this lane, and so I go down that lane, and I see Skylar. She's awesome, right? And so every time that I have the weirdest allotment of things, like I'll have like two tubs of ice cream, and then a lot of toppings for ice cream, and syrups and stuff, and she looks at me like, what are you doing, right? Like, that's unhealthy. Okay, who broke up with you, right? All of those things go through her mind, right? But, <laughs> but the thing of it is, is then I say, oh, I'm a, I'm a student minister over at Georgetown, and we're having an ice cream Sunday party, which we should have next week. Um, but the thing of it is, is, you know, that's an entry point to kind of talk about what it is that you're doing, right? Do you know the people around you, right? Th those simple instructions of go out, talk to people. That's it, right? That's evangelism. It's not something that we have to feel like we have to know all of the answers. We don't. And even if we don't know an answer, we should be encouraged to go with them on a discovery of figuring out those answers, right? If we need a verse from the Bible, right, it'll come to us whether we knew that verse or not, right? It'll come to us, I don't know how, but it'll appear to us, right? I mean, could we do something simple like that? Talk to other people about Jesus. It's simple, but yet it's one of those things where it's challenging, but it's simple. Jesus calls us to go out wherever we are, whether at the mall or at the grocery store. He calls us to go out wherever we are, Right? And show them who we are and let our lives be a testimony of what it is that Jesus has done for us. Will you pray with me? Lord, you are good. And evangelism is hard. But Lord, we know we need to. We know we need to simply talk to others about you, about who you are, about what it is that you've done all the things we've experienced, the amazing things we've experienced in our lives, the hard things we've experienced in our lives, those answers drive us to knowing how to speak to one another. 
Because they might be going through the same thing. Lord, show us people who we can talk to. Give us words that we didn't even know we had. Lord, and when those questions come on the way, when, the, when problems come on the way, we can know that you are the answers. You have them all. Lord, guide us in each step, whether that be at the mall, the grocery store, wherever. Give us strength as we have those conversations. It's in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Georgetown Christian Podcast. Join us on Sundays at 9 and 1030 and learn more at georgetownchristian.org.